Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back, guys. We have three rounds remaining. Scoop is here. We're going to have a look at his squad. I've got his footy66.com uh, page up as well. Uh, so we have a look here. He's got three trades remaining. Didn't use any last week. Is that right, mate? Uh, yeah, I held strong, but uh, it didn't turn out the best for me. I managed to scrape a half-decent score with my bench halves absolutely killing it. But uh, it was a case of the less eels you own, the better with Hopgood, Madison and Panasini scoring 70 points between the three of them. It was a great start, but uh, yeah, not, not too bad. Just floated back out of the top 100, but with three trades, hopefully I can float back in. Yeah, I think the three trades definitely helps. And uh, for those who are following on from last week, we were ahead against each other in the Gagarov Championship there uh, and uh, just got the win, 20-odd points, which was good. So, yeah, I think as soon as we saw that, we obviously both had Panasini, which didn't matter, but you having Madison and then, you know, Payne Haas not going nuclear as well was kind of the, the dagger. Um, Latrell's 48, you know, maybe if he went nuts, you might have been able to save it. But, yeah, there was just that Madison one was such a killer for you, so... Yeah, tough one, but yeah, thank you. I'll see that I didn't play Papaliki over him. The one week I don't play Papaliki, bangs out of 62. Yeah, that's true, actually. That would have, yeah, that would have done it. Oh, that sucks. Okay. Anyway, you are living your land. You'll, um, who do you play? Who do you play next week? I'll have a quick look, actually, while we're here. Uh, we play Roosters and then Panthers. No, not your bloody eels. You're uh, in, the, in the comp, the Gargarov. Oh, it doesn't uh, show me. Oh, doesn't show me. I have two stars. Okay. I have Shane. Sweet. There you go. His last five has gone win-win, loss, loss, loss. So it's a good comp, though. It was just like top eight was absolutely killing it. And there was a few that a few that struggled down below. But, yeah, very, 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 very high-level competition. Plenty in that top thousand. But, uh, yeah, let's get into, I suppose i got a, the who's, who's hot and who's not there. I just wanted to touch on a lot of the guys that people are selling. So most of them are obviously injuries. And then there's the the Brisbane players. So we'll just make it known, guys, that if you have, you know, Mitch Moses, Preston even, um, you've got Tanner Boyd there. All clear sells, right? 
missing missing yeah, obviously the rest of the games. I think most of them are out for the season. Boyd, um, in particular, Aaron Clark as well. Um, just it's comes to that time of the year where a couple of week suspension or a couple of week injury basically means just give them the extra week off if they're not going to make finals. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we go to the Broncos players, and if you're looking at Payne Haas, is is he someone that you're going to want for those last two rounds? Oh, absolutely. I'm understand a little bit why people are trading him out, but you would hope that people who are trading him out are the ones with like three, four or five trades and are going to get him back in again. But I, I severely doubt that that's the case. I think a lot of people might be using one of their last couple of trades on that. And I don't really love that. So yeah, he's just, he's just such a, a matchup winner for you. Like last week he didn't because, well, they, he did, they didn't need him so much, but I mean, you only have to look back the week previous, and that's why he's so dangerous and why you want to own him. Yeah, and then those two games he does play is Canberra and Melbourne, who which should be a little bit closer. Maybe maybe not Canberra, but definitely the Melbourne one there. So, yeah, you're looking at him, and, and obviously a lot of the trades chat this week is going to be around head-to-head, head-to-head matchups and your semis and you know, your potential finals. So, you know, if, if you are still in a head-to-head that's going to be playing next week, yes, you, you might have to win this week, then... I think there's another guy, surely there's another player or two you could trade out that you'd be able to get a decent score out of, right, to, to get a solid 17 rather than rather than trading Haas just for this one matchup, would you say? Yeah, well, I'm even considering trading some of my Eels players depending on how the final team list moved up, even though the, they are playing this week instead of Payne Haas because Payne Haas will be there in the last week and they won't, and I value him uh, over, over those two. Yeah, well, that's right. It's still the same, isn't it? You know, him missing this week compared to them missing the last. They all still play the two games. So, yeah, just be aware of that. And, then, yeah, as you were saying, if you have sort of that three-plus trade, then you could make one trade this week of of a bigger guy like this if it meant that you could lock in a 60 or a 70 or something like that from another player and it and it sort of helped you win that matchup, that would be fine. But anything sort of two and under, you, you'd want to be holding Payne Haas for sure. A couple of other guys, obviously, uh, we've got Lemuelu in there. We'll, um, we'll touch on him now, actually, while we're here. So he's going to be likely just to be missing this one week, one week, right? At 486k, he's going to be pretty valuable that last two rounds, yeah? Yeah, I think, in all honesty, people probably should be selling Penasini as highly as they should be selling them well. Yeah. His injury is probably quite significant for him. Dylan Brown has moved to the seven by the look of it, but... I still think he's going to naturally gravitate a little bit to the left. Which side do you think? We just see the games without Moses. Penasini's average drops like a rock. Yeah. Which side do you, do you think Dylan will move to the right? Well, he's been named at seven, but I mean, he's naturally on that left side more. So he could do some damage on the right. With, uh, I guess attack's not used to it as much, but I still think that he's not going to be as right side dominant as Moses. Mm. So, yeah, I don't like the signs of Penasini. Yeah, I'm going to try and loop him if possible this week myself. But yeah, so Connolly, I think, is just a clear hold, guys. Uh, unless, again, unless you've got sort of three plus trades. Um, and we'll, we'll give you all the options if you do have the, the, the big amount of trades coming into this week. And if you have the one trade, you'd obviously be avoiding trading all these guys out personally. But yeah, we'll go through sort of my situation while we're here. I've got Valance, who we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, he's on the, the who's not list as well. Um, then a couple of other guys like you know Jesse Colhoun and also I got Brennan Hand. So there's three guys there that are basically not playing, or, or if they are playing, they're going to be a low score. So 
if you were to have one or two trades, then they're the types of players that I'd be looking to move on from rather than, you know, Murray next week who has a buy. Much rather be holding him in that week because you're going to get the good score this week and you're going to get the good score in round 27. Whereas these guys aren't helping you at all. So maybe if you trade one of those mid 400s guys or a 500k guy, there, there are guys out there that we're going to talk about that can get you that 40, can get you a 35 to 45 or whatever it is that, that's going to help you along the way. Um, so that's just the way you should be thinking about it based on how many trades you got. Because I'm tempted to use my final trade to be able to get a guy that could potentially score instead of, of Panasini this week in, in like a Harrison Graham, which we'll speak about in a sec. But uh, Valance, if you're in that situation my, like myself with just the one trade left, would you use that trade on Valance or would you just hope that he makes his way back into the side? I would trade hands over Valance, to be honest, because there is a chance that Valance does come back in. Mm. I mean, and uh, you can loop him if he doesn't. Like, hands is just a nothing spot that is going to drop in price really quick. Like, if it worked for your team, to be honest, I, and he hadn't jumped on Dan Russell, I'd probably go hands to Dan Russell as the trade of the week. Yeah, he's definitely a strong one. He just continues to to kill it, doesn't he? He was like seven off 26, 27 minutes. And I was like, oh, maybe this will be his low week. And then big tackle numbers and, and turnover tackles and the like there. So, yeah, balance. I think we're just going to hold off, hold on hope. And then someone like Jesse Colhoun as well, if there's an injury or two over the next two weeks, yeah, I've got a, I've got a few few Parramatta players that, you know, maybe if everything goes to crap, that, uh, you know, Jesse can come on and even get a 20 or, you know, what he did on the weekend, which could be helpful. So just hold out hope. If there are guys that you definitely think are on the fringe, and we know what happens during suspe- you know, during the year with suspensions and injuries. Just keep those guys uh, around, I think. It's going to be the best play. And Connolly, he should come back next week and, and go back to that 40-plus scoring if he can stay on the park. That's for sure. Carrigan, on the other hand, is he someone that you think you could move on? Or is he just in the same mould as Payne Haas? Well, beforehand, I would have said, yeah, you can move him on. He's not top tip top elite, but he's been playing really big minutes. I mean, he's had a couple of games at the edge, but I mean, he played 57 minutes last week and that was way lower than we've been used to seeing him because he wasn't needed because they were flogging them. If the Broncos want a top two spot and potentially a chance of the minor premiership versus two of the harder teams, especially Melbourne, like I, I think he's nearly as good as Payne has, to be honest, and a lot lower owned. Yeah, he's been he's been absolutely terrific, hasn't he? And uh, obviously, yeah, last week the, the lower ones, and that's the thing with him. If they are dominating teams, his lower minutes, he's he's obviously the more the the accumulator, so um, that can hurt him, and he'll get that forty odd. But as we said, that last couple of games, and they could be fighting for that minor premiership, or at least trying to lock in a, a second a second spot to get that home final as well. Um, yeah, he should be fine, and I think yeah, the thing is, that if it's your last trade. Okay, you get a benefit this week, but how much of a benefit would it be, right? Because likely most of us are going to have 17 players. So let's just say you do trade, you're able to trade Carrigan, you have an extra 60, 70K, whatever it is, you can go to Isaio. You pick up likely an extra 20 to 30 points, let's say. What happens if there's an injury this week to one of your big dogs? That's when you're starting to lose sort of 20 or 30 next week, and then 20 or 30 in that last week as well. So try to think of it that way. I reckon with with these guys, because sure, like if you make if you do that trade, you're going to benefit this week, right? But following that, you're just playing the luck game. Alrighty, Walshy on the other hand at five eighty five, what'd you do with him? Stick solid at, at that price. Mm, Who've they got in the last couple of weeks? Canberra, and Melbourne. Melbourne. It, like it's it's. Well, I, he's one of those guys that is like a Latrell Mitchell. He can make twenty points in a play, but. 
he doesn't I think he does even less outside of that fantasy wise so like he's scoring well but he's not really elite this year no so I he'd be one that I'd consider but only if you can make a really good trade with it like I don't know if I'd use it as my last trade as as you said like the only thing stopping you from pushing around guys like Brendan Hands to Dan Russell for a score this week and maybe next week is to trade out, for example, like if Hines all of a sudden went down or yeah. if Latrell Mitchell went down, like things things like that. Yeah. Important trades. It's, it's, it's hard to say whether somebody is a trade um, just on itself. It really depends on who you can get to replace them and whether that is going to be worth it if somebody does go down as well. Yeah, and I'd say this week is kind of that 50-50 week where it's like, okay, there's three only three rounds to go now. If you do go to no trades, you basically you have no trades for two rounds. So you could get lucky and no injuries happen and you make that extra points over the three rounds. Next week, I think, is like a guaranteed 100%. Like, yeah, there's two rounds to go. Try and get maximum points. If you get unlucky and there's an injury coming to last round, you just cop it. Um, and obviously, you have multiple trades. You can, you can have a couple for each round which is cool. So this is just that, yeah, 50-50 kind of take a punt week, which you have to do in fantasy sometimes, right? So, and um, yeah, Walsh could be that guy, but I suppose at that price point, if you had to straight swap him for a wing fullback this week, because yeah, you've got to say, there's a lot of people in here that have got Lemuelu in their squad um, and have that one trade left. Is it worth trading a Walshie or a Lem this week? You're probably going to have to get a, a wing fullback or a center. Who at that price? Let's say under sort of under that five eighty five. Who who do we, who can we target that's going to score well enough? Really, there's there's what there's Karaz. Who else would you go for? It's it's pretty bare. Like you'd have to go to like a C and K, a Campbell, a it, it, it's it a Karaz. Like there's not really yeah. anyone that you trust to score consistently over like forty. Mm. And like I don't know if that's worth it. So, like, somebody with a good ceiling um, or that might be an interesting play, guys, like, even even DWZ against yeah. the Tigers this week have an absolute stormer. But going forward, are they great options? It, it's a really tough one to make because at this time of the season, sort of the, well, pretty much 400 to 600K is an absolute wasteland. You don't want guys like that because they don't fit in a final 17. Yeah, and at best they're sort of like your eighteenth, nineteenth man. Yeah, and and so every other position you'd see the same if you had lots of cover in those two, um, from sort of half up. Is there any no one else in that in those brackets as well that you'd look to? Yeah, like the only exception to that four hundred over four hundred k bracket probably would be Dan Russell because yeah. he's just he's been so good. Those good scores, even even like I would trust like a three hundred twenty three k Harrison Graham over a lot of guys like 150k more expensive than him. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, wow, I just clicked through Katoni Stags. He's up to 634k. Absolutely mental. <laughs> he was 400. He got all the way down to 390. And that was 10 rounds ago. And so he stayed at... He went... He was at 426 five rounds ago. So he's gone up 200k in, in four games. And one of them was this 33. Shows what you can do if you pick up a ninety and a and a seventy odd if you're really cheap, it just sort of skyrockets, doesn't it? So it just shows obviously how how Pretty much just made hundred and three k. I didn't even I didn't even notice that. That's hectic. 
Um, we'll probably him up actually after this. Um, Brennan P. Cura. So he's uh, someone that's obviously going to be on the bench for the rest of the year. Is he in that same mould as as Hands for you? Yeah, I think I think it is time to move on from him. Like he's probably slightly more useful than Hands, but barely. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, nine in. What did we get? Nine in thirty minutes last week. I mean, that wasn't a Eels game where he's standing under the post, but that's not great reading. So, yeah, yeah probably guys like him and Hans have had a good run but moved back to the bench are options to use that last couple of trades on, but probably only if you have good depth so that you can plug and play a few if some injuries do strike. Definitely. What about this? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You can go Brendan P. Cura to Drew Hutchison for 1K extra. How good. He's <laughs> got almost a negative 30 break even. That's ridiculous. So he was he was tremendous. He was absolutely tremendous on the weekend. It was tough watching him just stroll over for tries when I was hoping for Teddy and, and Manu to do something. Um, and Hutcho was just scroll, strolling over. But, um, yeah, good on him. 37 in his first game and then 102. So you'd expect something similar to that 37, obviously, if you were to grab him. But he has that hook um, cover as well. So he's got the half and the hooker. And, uh, yeah, you'd imagine he plays the last three games as well pretty comfortably. So have him as a solid sort of mid-range one if you need it. Um, look, probably not with... Um, probably not with... Oh, who is it? Sam Smith down in the reserves. Sam Walker, sorry. Yeah. Down in the reserves. I think his time could be up very shortly. So <sighs> they can't drop him after that. They can't do it, can they? Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But yeah, there's obviously a few things to think about. But then again, as you said, yeah, you got Harrison Graham who's in a, a good position, obviously a lot cheaper, um, but he should be able to score somewhere around that. You'd imagine that 40 seems pretty safe for him in close to 60 minutes. And then you've got Dan Russell who, a little bit, what, is he about that price? Close to it, yeah. Popped him up, didn't I? In a second. Get him up. Where are you, Russell? Uh, 440, 441. So, yeah, you're looking at him and, and you'd be expecting a 40 as well out of him. So, yeah, obviously, if you need a certain position, cool. But if you don't, then it seems pretty clear that Dan Russell is, is the play at that um, at that price bracket for, for consistency as well. You've got a couple of those boom or bust guys, like you said, with DWZ and the rest. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a consistent guy. And imagine, so Harrison Graham is some that I'm looking at. Just to get that hooker cover, um, I could go up to... I think up all the way up to about 500k if I trade Brendan Hands, but as yeah, as we said there, like there's not too many guys that you look at that, that are going to be consistent. And the reason I would go for Harrison is just to have that hooker cover if Grant happens does happen to miss one of those last two games, um, 
So yeah, what Dan Russell or Harrison Graham is that kind of the play this week in that three to four hundred bracket? I think so. Like, yeah. there's no guarantee that unless they're like basically a fringe top thirty guy that you'll get a red dot if you want to cash out and loop as well. Because I mean, we got Schiller on the bench this week. We thought he was safe as houses to not play is he? Again this year. What in the top seventeen? Yeah, yeah, Schiller's on the Raiders bench. Schiller and Starling are both there. So oh wow, get okay. On, get on. Horse, not Captain Horse, but I mean, he should be in Crookwood 1. Oh, that's good. I actually didn't see Schiller on there. There you go. Um, cool. So that's Harrison Graham. We've locked him in. Wade Graham, the other one at 380. Any interest in him after his really big game, or do we think he'll be around that 30 mark? Well, I mean, he's playing 80 minutes or so. Yeah. It's not the worst play, but I'd, he's sort of a balance between like just a little bit cheaper than Dan Russell and a little bit worse scoring. I mean, yeah. he'll, he'll knock out 30-something most weeks if he's going to play 80. But 67 is generally not something we've seen for a few years from him. Yeah, we've, we wouldn't expect that. He's got he's going to be up against, what, Jeremiah and I. Maybe a few missed tackles there, but, you know, Cowboys need to win. Newcastle doing really well. And then he's got, what, Elliot Whitehead the following week. So, yeah, probably, probably not getting another try, unlikely. But who knows? Who knows that he is retiring after this? So crazy things have happened. Carrigan couldn't score a try for four years and then, Gets two in a row, and buddy Alex Twal scored. So, what do I know, hey? Let's go to um the who's who's hot list. So, if you're going right at the top now, we've got a lot of mids in people's idea. We've got Adam Fanua, Blake, Isaiah, Yo, Cameron McInnes, and Tino in that top four. But how would you rank them as as purchases? Because they're all fairly similar in pricing now. McInnes a little bit lower than the other three there. Points wise, I would probably still put Yo at the top. Yep, and possibly his buy as well. Like he's we all thought that round 27 was a big risk, and although that risk is still there, it's coming back a little bit. Uh, in all honesty, I think McInnes is next. I mean, yeah. he's played 80 minutes, then 73, and then 67 or something. I mean, yeah. that's fantastic for somebody who's been an absolute fantasy superstar in the past when he has been given those sort of minutes. So that's very true. Like, if he's going to play 65, 70 minutes a week, he's going to score 55-plus. I really like that. Tino's the type of guy that will stroll over for a try and boost like a 50 or a 55 to a 75 like last week. Fanua Blake as well, maybe not quite to the same standard. I think he probably has more 40s in him when he doesn't. So I would probably do it in that order. Probably Yo, McInnes, Tino, then uh, AFB. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm the same. And then you could probably sneak Cam McInnes on top just because you know you won't get rested. I'd say, um, where Isaiah, there's a little bit of, of risk with that. Um, just yeah. for those with no like limited trades, for sure. And and Tino just did this last year, didn't he? Just had that average start to the year and then just scored a million points at the back end. That's why everyone was starting with him this year, or people were wanting to start with him this year. Um, but yeah, he's going to be another, he's going to be up in the 800, 800Ks again next year as well. So he's been wild. So yeah, I'd go, I'd go with those. And McInnes is that little bit cheaper as well. And then, if you don't need that centre replacement, are, are we, is it just worth going all in on Dane Gagai if you have the price, if you have the, the money available? Uh, I mean, I think so. He's just one of the form centres in the comp, uh, NRL wise, and he's doing so much from a statistics point yeah. of view that it. I think this has got to be just about the best fantasy season from a pure centre ever, right? Like, yeah, you'd I think can't so. Remember a pure centre averaging like almost mid fifties. No, nah, it'd be like, I know Izzy Falau was, was really strong, but he was more for the fact that he scored so many tries. <laughs> you know, he was catches in the air and stuff. 
that he kind of yeah he was averaging close to fifty during his time, but that was a different different era when um you know tackle breaks and offloads weren't as weren't as high as well. I yeah I can't remember as as much from um from yesteryear, but yeah it's always been like the you know so when Simon Mannering was the center and all these type of things where you're trying to get a forty five or fifty out of them, but he's he's remember, well in. Remember the remember the oh, what was it twenty eighteen nineteen where we had Nicora and Bateman dual center. Oh, that's that right. So good. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, they that I think the rookie year when Jack Bird and and you and Aiken were going through, and they were averaging something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I know Bird was like a fifty average as well. So, but yeah, pure center, and yeah, you're right. He just does absolutely everything. Every time he gets the ball, he looks like he's going to need a tackle break or an offload, and and he's got Dom Young on his outside, who's just absolutely flying at the moment as well. So, they're going to miss him. I I would be going all in on him if if that was needed in my side because I think he's the he's a point of difference. So yeah, when we've got a Panasini there rolling out an 18 or a 30-odd or a 40, and then, you know, Gagai can get a 70-odd. Like Raymond the other day as well, he's just out, he's in hot form. So if you didn't have the, the cash to get gags, you could definitely go for Raymond with with Sharky's, um, yeah, finally hitting some form and him finally hitting some form. He must be feeling, I don't know, my body must be better or something now because he, he had an absolute shocker to start the year, didn't he? So, yeah, they're the two kind of point of difference guys in the centres. And, yeah, would you still be looking at someone like Munster if you had that sort of price point? Uh, I would think about it, but like, he, he hasn't had a, he hasn't really put his foot down. Like even like the last couple of games where he has scored those sixties, he's needed to try to get there. Yeah. I think this could really, I mean, I thought last week could be a statement game and it kind of was the storm. To the team. Yeah. (laughs) But even so he didn't, um, go crazy. So like you'd think he scores well against St. George, but is scoring well against St. George another 60 or is yeah. that an 80 or 90? Yeah, I suppose at that price too, if you can get a 60 average, you're still flying. But um, mm. yeah. And then, yeah, like when when you see the the ups and downs that some of these other, you know, middles and edges show, like the Nat Butchers and with his crazy score on the weekend, but, um, you know, he's a 30-odd or 40 in some weeks. And then same with like Tyson Frizzell and stuff. It's like, oh, do you just lock in someone that can hit you 355s or 360s to end the year? Like that's where... Isaiah Yo so nice would be so nice to own just because he knows that he's just gonna eat that score every week. Um, yeah, so I think just based on your temperament, you know, like Dan Gaga can be could be a seventy odd and a and a thirty odd. Uh, that's normally what he would be, like sixty and twenty odd. But um, I'd be jumping on players from from teams that are hot right now, and you can tell that like Sharks have kind of turned around, and, and a lot of their players are doing well. You know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo got a couple of tries in the weekend. Yeah, shocked that that has happened in this one. Yeah, when they've when they've turned things around and uh, Raymond's playing better and and uh, yeah, all the outside backs basically from from Knights are absolutely killing it. Yeah, Pong is doing his thing and stuff. So I'd just jump on little trends like that, and it's crazy over the over the course of the season. Hey, lucky that um, you know the runs the teams go on. Right, it always seems to be like a month run they go on, and then and then they're off. So that's where those three and four week plays can sometimes be amazing. Yeah, and I mean you can't. I think this year has really shown us that you just can't really nail teams down to a certain spot. Like, no. To begin the year, we thought the Knights, uh, they had a soft run, but we didn't realise that was them actually being good for a while. And so yeah, they, they're actually just they good. Hot and, cold, <laughs> and then we had the Eels going great, and then they fell off a cliff. And then the Cows going great, they've come back a bit, now they're battling for the eight. Like, it, There's all these trends that don't necessarily last too long so you can't just wait it out and then get on like four weeks after because that might be over 
Like, mm. it, it, it's sort of a tough one to go for because it's you can't points chase, but if you see a trend, yeah, rather than just one score, it might be something to look at next year. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the Paramount. Like, you grabbed your Power Boys. I, I had a few as well with Moses and Penn, and, and they were having a great sort of month or so, and that was great for our scoring until until it wasn't right and, and everything changed and you know the cowboys how you know they had a really nice draw at the start of the season but they were terrible so you know it was really i think val holmes was the only one that was kind of consistent but he only had like a 42 average or something um and then yeah you, you wanted a million you wanted homes you wanted drink water you wanted all those guys you know come five six rounds ago um yeah so i think that when we do our review at the end of the season it's gonna be fun to look at um we know footy is obviously such a momentum game in in games, you can see it. You can you can build on that. And I think yeah, with that as well, it's it's not it's it could be chasing the trend or chasing the points on the established players or the guys that have really built into a certain role. Like there's obviously going to be the random guys that get the hundreds, like Hutchison, but it could be yeah, just jumping on that, like Sean Johnson, where it's like oh no, he's for real. Warriors are actually for real this week, and it probably took us about a month to see that at least, right? So, um, and that was yeah, that was a a perfect kind of play and then saying okay chance he's 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 always been a decent scorer his team's finally good he's going to be in attacking in attacking situations regularly um which worked out well uh, as well so yeah it's a, it's a fun way to fun way to look at it and I, I know yeah we obviously have done really well this year and i think that's been my biggest change in philosophy is just is being able to just go realizing that and jumping on rather than going oh no we'll give these other guys another couple of weeks and then you've kind of missed 100K and you've missed a couple of really good scores. Did you notice that a few times this year yourself where you just jumped on at the right time because of you know, following a trend? Yeah, like I think that has been a trend for me too. Like I've definitely missed some, like jumping on Alex Johnson too early, jumping on Teddy too early. But yeah. the things that you do get right, like Garrick at the right time, Jack Bird really early, Sean Johnson really early, Drinkwater early, like all of them add up quite quickly if mm. you do get a couple of hits. Mm, Walsh and Hamiso at the start, I suppose, are the two I missed out on. Um, when and yeah, Cardi. we did. Oh, yeah, Cardi. Yeah, that's a that was a crazy. I think of that one regularly. <laughs> Although I jumped on, we jumped on round two, but um, yeah, those other ones, which didn't, you know, Dolphins end up being amazing. Of course, the fullback's going to benefit. Same with the Broncos. Broncos kicked into another gear. Of course, Walsh is going to benefit. So yeah, really fun to think about. And it's something we'll um, we'll have in those in those review videos, which is going to be cool. We'll get in and review both of our teams uh, together. I think would could be could be cool, or would, yeah, you do your separate, or have we have we decide that and, and all of our kind of learnings from the year. And there's always something new each year, right? Like we feel like we've played for a long time, but <laughs> there's always something new, which is cool. And the game's changing all the time, so yeah, can't wait for. I love how yeah, all the podcasts, yeah, you know, gets to about four rounds to go, and we're all thinking about what players are going to be certain prices next year and and different things like that. It's funny how it works, so but um. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. A big thank you to all of you guys for still being here. There's still uh, still a few of us around. I think most people are running out of trades, but um, yeah, if you enjoy listening to us for half an hour every week, we, we do appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your teams this week. Beautiful. Good man. Yeah. The one that we were probably all hoping for and has been priced for him the most this year is Dane Mariner. He's got himself up to a 40 average now. He's going to be way too expensive to chase. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. Yeah, fantastic. Did he end up losing his spot? Did Arthur's come back? Uh, well, he's on the bye this week. But oh, that's right. So maybe. Push him out. But when What's-His-Face leaves Farnworth, uh, he'll be there for next year. 
Yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> They're going to be fun. Dolphins next year. Keep that. Yeah, it's going to be quite interesting looking team. The fans. The Tigers going to get any better? Oh, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like, well, the Knights have finally come good, sort of, but it took them like, it feels like five or six years to do that. Yeah. And the Bulldogs and the Tigers feel like they're doing the exact same thing. Got good players, and all of a sudden they just don't do anything. When when's it going to eventually gel? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things. That, I don't know what's going to happen to the Eels next year. It's the other worry. I have no idea. I hope that Hands and Lusick can form a pretty good combo because we struggled at the beginning of the year with Hodgson not doing a lot, not giving great service. I mean, he's been a fantastic player, but probably went on a little bit too long after all those knee explosions, I reckon. Yeah, the last one was the end of him, wasn't it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 